Hello, and welcome to our last stream of the year. And we're rounding up the year that was 2021 in our somewhat cynically titled Everything Will Be Fine, Probably. I'm joined by a friend of Smile and now long-term collaborator, Kyle Campbell. Kyle is the mastermind behind the fortnightly education marketer email newsletter, which is full of insight and examples from the sector. Thanks for joining me again, Kyle. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, but before we get into it, how can people subscribe to your newsletter? Um, the easiest way is just to Google Education Marketer, or you can go to the, um, the URL, educationmarketer.co.uk, and there's a sign up on the homepage. Nice one. Thanks, Kyle. So first, some housekeeping. We are live the chat is open. We'd love to hear your challenges, successes, or even just to hear where you're tuning in from today. Come and say hi in the chat. We'll put some of the top questions and contributions up on screen. I really do hope that you enjoyed today's session. If you do, please hit that like button and we'd love some more subscriptions on our YouTube channel or followers over on our LinkedIn page. Your support really does mean the world to us. Now, if you don't know, Kyle and I actually live stream every two weeks anyway. We were live just this morning, in fact, in a show called Most Clicked, where we take the most clicked news stories from Kyle's newsletter. So for the next hour, we're taking a look back on some of the absolute best examples in and out of the sector from 2021. Later, we'll, uh, we'll even try to pick some award winners for 2022, so stay tuned. But before we get into all of that, we thought that we'd talk about our favourite finds from the last 12 months. So, Kyle, I'll hand over to you for that uh, to introduce your favourite thing of 2021. Do. And thanks for that introduction, Nathan. You need, to warn, you need to warn me about these. Like, I don't know where to go from there. Um, okay, so... Yeah, my, my big thing from 2021, like an overarching theme, if you like, was I think the word community properly entered that marketing lingo. Um, so a big standout thing for me was the, the app Discord. Um, a lot of people on the stream will probably know that Discord has recently repositioned itself from a, like a gaming app. Um, to something that's more focused around different types of community and bringing people together into a digital space online. Um, and they've got a lovely campaign that came out to capture all that. It actually stars uh, Danny DeVito from it. <laughs> a really interesting take, and it's, it's all very ironic and fun. Um, but essentially, I've never thought of Discord like this, like a place where so many different people, so many different interests can come together in, in a group and get really deep and, you know, nerd out on, on those topics. And it's just a really nice way to look at it. Um, and I'm seeing more brands starting to use Discord as a, as a place to, to build those communities because it offers different functionality, something like WhatsApp or Facebook groups. Um, and there's a lot of really nice tools being built. And we'll probably touch on a couple of those those later, but especially in like the whole web free thing, um, crypto, private creator communities, that there's a lot of innovation happen around creator economies and private community economies and it's all sort of been built on discord so it's big now but i reckon over the next couple of years it's really going to start to gain traction so worth to take a deeper dive into discord if you've uh, got a few minutes on your hands 
Nice, nice. And what's what's, uh, your big thing? Mine is in a similar vein, actually. So mine's kind of in that gaming community type um, role. And mine is a little bit of a cheat because mine technically started in 2020, my love for this, and it's Twitch. So uh, twitch.tv, it is a live streaming community that was built around computer game streams. Um, But my love for it I feel weird saying that actually when it's about the UK government so I wanted to uh, I don't have normal television I don't have an aerial uh, and I wanted to watch the Boris casts as he was kind of talking about Covid stuff and um, I, I found them kind of ad free if you like on Twitch it was a really good platform for for watching them and um yeah, ever since then, I've found loads of really cool communities around like DJ sets and stuff yeah. that have just been a really good um, escape for me during lockdown times. And I know that now we're, we're post-lockdown, but not post-COVID. Uh, and I think the way that I bring this back to, to education, um, and actually we've got somebody in the chat Ed Pearson here saying that a lot of our societies use Discord to communicate, something we're considering cool. as an organization. And actually, I, I, I work with a university, I probably shouldn't say just in case, but I know that they're, they're using Discord for their kind of internal IT comms and stuff. Um, but the, the the way I bring my Twitch stuff back to HE is actually to do with esports and the explosion, I think, in the last year or two of esports courses. So we've got an example from uh, Falmouth University mm. here who have a BA ons in, in esports. And, you know, this is just a million miles away from, from when I was at university. You know? well, I, well, I went to Falmouth and I will say if this if that was an offer when I applied, I would have bit their hand off. And I, I did a little bit of digging into this that course and it is it's all about actually organizing the events and again building those sort of gaming communities and then essentially you know having a, an event around um, a certain game or a title um but on the back and they link it in with their societies as well they, they literally have like esports teams so it, it all connects um and yeah gaming is often that you know that pioneering industry that picks up this stuff first and runs with it and it's it's really cool to see that sort of stuff acknowledged in HE, you know, yeah, d- something really wonderful. Definitely. I, I saw this incredible article once I'll try and dig it out for the roundup about how FIFA, the game influenced uh, the BBC's kind of graphics for, for showing football and stuff like that. So yeah. there, there is a really nice interplay there. Um, Kyle, let's, let's get into our examples. First one uh, over to you. Okay. So first one, we're going to keep it pretty standard. So I'm going to start with video, you know, video who knew huh? um but so the first one we've, we've got to come up here is british columbia um so british columbia you know rather than using their youtube channels like a essentially a place where they, they they host stuff they are keen to use it as a, as a channel which is something mm. to become in, increasingly common with uh, university sites i think we covered london business school recently didn't we on most clicks which we did yeah yeah um so what british Columbia do they post a video every week and they've kept this up um, for I think about over a year now, but the, the video content itself, they just literally have a, one of the digital ambassadors go on camera and talk about what's happening on campus this week. And it sounds really simple and it wouldn't get much views, but over time, the amount of people viewing this content has, has increased steadily. So it's typically getting a thousand views every time yeah. it's posted. 
and it's because that audience, uh, you know, they expect it to, to, to arrive and, and they look forward to receiving it and they find it, it useful. Um, so it's just like an interesting way of, you know, thinking about your channel. You, you don't have to do something crazy. You know, if, if you provide this sort of utility, people will keep coming back to it. And it's especially relevant now because we're trying to get students to come back to campus, aren't we? Mm -hmm. um, so we need to give them a, a reason to, uh, to return uh, and also to kind of reinvigorate those those social activities that happen on campus. So, yeah, you know, it, it's a challenging time for unis to do that because, you know, behaviours have changed quite a lot in the last 18 months. Um, so that's one tool that universities can do, just be consistent with that sort of content. Yeah, nice, nice. And th th that kind of video... Uh line of thought continues uh, the, our next example again from across the pond uh, our us friends orange coast university yeah um it's, it's like a surf brand isn't it so we'll probably <laughs> talk about that in a second but yeah yeah um so on, on the other end this is a bit more highly polished um so it, this is more like the sort of hero video that you know we, we all we all love but I thought what was really interesting about this is that it, it focuses on a, a single person because it's a, a specialist institution, it, it, it kind of can do that. Um, and it's really focused on taking the idea of the, the artisanal but applying it to like a, a larger brand. So this university is known for its, its sort of um, you know, practical sort of focused courses. And this is a, literally a video of someone who attends that university using the facilities that are available to every student um, to create his own surfboard. And it's it's a nice sort of circle because it, it, it positions the university where it is regionally. It's a coast, it's a nice area. It shows that students are very close to the work they do and it means more to them than just the degree of experience. It's about lifestyle. It, it's such a strong piece. Um, yeah. I won't do audio on, on this stream, but the nice soundtrack and background as well that isn't the normal kind of inspirational piano music or whatever you come to expect mm. it, it feels like it fits there's a lot there's a lot of thought gone into it and you can literally feel like you're going with this person's this journey as he you know perfects this this surfboard using university kit it, it just felt very compelling and i haven't seen anything like that at a hero video level it's usually a yeah. little bit further down a bit more niche so yeah it's it's well worth a route could you actually feel something when you're watching it whereas a lot of hero videos it's kind of like it kind of blush you around so quickly it's hard for you to connect but this feels like there's something deeper going on and for for, for me I, I saw similarities between a, a, a surf brand that i've seen here in the uk um so if we can just pull that example back up a sec actually in the bottom left there we've got um a, a second example which is from finisterre and their video is really similar. And so what I really like about this is how the university is kind of drawing and channeling that private sector inspiration uh, and becoming more than a university, but becoming a lifestyle brand. Um, and I think that, that that's really, really, really cool to see, actually. Um, so, yeah, and that moves us on uh, to, uh, it's still in that video video vein if you like the next example is from the university of oregon and it is to do with their live stream of their commencement yeah. ceremony and uh th this is a this is kind of a super cut that i've put together the whole thing is about an hour and a half 
and man alive, what what production this mm. thing is. You know, a Zoom education is no bad thing when it looks as good as this. This is like a Netflix-level produced yeah. uh, show. You know, it's got all this kind of quirky, funny business with their mascot at the beginning. It goes into more serious tones later on. Um, and, you know, this is a live stream that thousands and thousands of people uh, watched, got involved with, uh, and just an absolute incredible show of execution. I mean, look, if if we were talking about awards, which I know we will be later, and I know we're going to talk about a certain UK awards, um, if if US, if abroad could could compete, that uh, they'd be winning. For me, this is this is special. It's one of my favourites of the entire year. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a shock value for me. Um, I've worked on sort of live streams in the, in the past at universities and usually again it's very focused on like a, a course session or something like that um so when i've i looked at that it, i was like you i was just i was just so shocked it, it felt like a production didn't it because yeah. a live video at the beginning and there's all kind of stuff coming in and it was so smooth and yeah i'd love to see behind the scenes and how that was put together and what expertise they bought in to do that or maybe they didn't maybe maybe that expertise is sitting there but it, it's incredible it was a great well, powerful example i think as well we're in a world of hybrid being a big buzzword and stuff mm. and i think that video and live stream is gonna be a big part of that um so it will be interesting to see what universities invest in over the next year uh, and for me the bar is set by by the University of Oregon there. Um, it's probably a, a good time for me to say that a roundup of everything in today's stream will be available on wearesmile.com shortly after we, we wrap up here. Uh, it'll include links to all of these examples, but we've also got the links to these examples being put into the chat as well at the moment. Um, so there we go. Uh, right, Kyle. Uh, uh, the next example is ourselves. <laughs> It it's most clicked. And, and for, for me, this is like where we got inspired by the University of, of Oregon and we started live streaming like we are today. Um, and we, we kind of made our own live streaming show. And I guess it shows that the tools are out there to do this really quickly, really easily and add these really nice layers of polish across everything uh, in, in the video space and then just communicating that outwards. It's a, I, I've, I've really enjoyed putting these uh, fortnightly shows together. I don't know about you, Kyle. Yeah, well, for me, it's it's, it's always good because, you know, I'm writing like education marketer. I'm usually doing it like early hours in the morning on my own. <laughs> um, so it's, it's good to kind of share ideas and, and talk about it. And yeah, if anyone like watching this is interested in doing a stream sort of thing rather than, you know, a webinar, there's definitely, there's definitely benefits to it. And it's surprisingly easy to, to pick up. I mean, we, we we don't have a professional setups or anything. We've got like a ring light or something. But <laughs> if you if you've got a little bit of knowledge about something and you can like deliver it consistently, then you should totally do that in, in your Absolutely. own. Absolutely. And, and you know, 
There are some universities doing some good stuff, actually. I've noticed in the past month or so, Aston University has started doing um, a, a, a live stream on YouTube. It's really good, worth checking out. I, I know that we've not talked about that for this presentation sp specifically, but um, I'll, I'll dig it out and put it in the roundup because it's really good. Me, I'll get there for next issue. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Um, well, uh, over to you for the next one, Kyle. The next one is Gen Z and influencers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to um, kind of, teach people what they already know here i mean i think we all know that you know gen z are digital natives and all that but um what, what i found quite surprising and i, I want to do a little bit digging around it is that i don't i don't see many universities in the uk uh, partnering with influencers and it surprises me because we're in a time now where like the cookies on countdown isn't it so tracking's become really difficult on digital it was very challenging on, on, on digital ads um, and we've got increased privacy concerns and all that sort of thing. And f for me, partnerships as a way of, you know, brand awareness or running campaigns is, is actually a really good avenue. Um, so I did a little bit of digging and I think, you know, there's a little bit of wariness about influencers because there's a few university case studies where they haven't gone quite to plan. But I definitely don't think it's the fault of the unis. So there was one that was run by a university and the campaign was really strong. Um, an influencer was talking about her time at university and how valuable it was. And then there was like a link to clearing or whatever the CTA was. Um, but her audience didn't like it. And I think the, the reason the audience didn't like it is because this influencer went to a, a different university to the one that she was promoting, which I kind of understand. But at the same time, if you're an influencer and you say it's an ad, you can promote anything you want. And I didn't feel it's particularly misleading. So I think my sort of like worse the sector is don't don't be put off by stuff like this that's not very typical and i think because maybe students don't see it very often sometimes it takes them a back a wee bit um but it's definitely something worth pursuing and exploring and if, if you look at examples in the us it's it's much more common and the sort of content goes down really well um so at the university of south carolina does a partnership with um one of their influencers she was a student there so maybe it does help but it's not essential um, and she does various sort of promotions for like photography, linking it to what the university can offer and also promoting private businesses on the campus. So they have a, a campus hotel. So she does like, mm. you know, content around around that. So you can use influencers all over like all, all your marketing. And I think going forward that, you know, integrating that sort of camp, yeah, campaign as partnerships into our marketing activity will be really really good especially now like you know dish lads are becoming problematic around privacy and cookies etc um yeah so uh, you know going a little bit further into this I've, i had a look at how you know gen z behaviors fit into like the, the creator economy and what they want to to do um with their lives and how they see themselves in the context of influencers and um i think we've got a couple of visuals there um charts to show what this looks like so um I compared both British and, and US audiences. Now, um, there's a lot of British children who want to be a social influencer when they when they grow up, like a career choice. It's not as high as um, young Americans. And I'm, I'm mm. not too. It's hard to find data on this sort of stuff. Um, but this is like the most relevant stuff you can find. But there's definitely a need yeah. there. But you know, if you look at how that links into like you know like the workforce and the you know, changes we're seeing now, like we're all going back to offices and remote work and all that sort of thing. I think it's significant that we're entering this time when people are reevaluating their careers because the majority of the people in the workforce now are Gen Z and millennials, mm -hmm. who incidentally, as we all know, are these digital 
natives. So that you know they don't value this kind of in-person experience as much as someone perhaps a little bit older as them uh, might do. Um, and they're looking for these alternative, you know, working environments leading to this sort of great quitting, I think it's referred to. Okay, this, you know, finally we're, we're coming to an age now where, you know, I'm a majority kind of stakeholder in the workplace. I'm still kind of in my mindset that I'm a new graduate, but it's not the case anymore. Millennials and Gen Z are the bulk of the workforce. Hard to believe. Yeah. And you can layer that again with like creator economy statistics. And you can see that these people, when they are quitting these jobs, a lot of them are exploring those opportunities in the creator economy. And we've got some more graphics as well to kind of overlay that. Um, so you can see like the top graphic here is like from Stripe, it's a, it's a digital payments account okay. for creators. I think you use it for business as well, no? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can see there in like, you know, 2020, 2021, this is the number of creators using um, that platform. You know, it, it's doubling. It, the, the numbers are crazy. And, yeah. you know, revenue for creators has doubled since 2019 because suddenly social media channels are offering all these different revenue streams. You know, you, you don't have to just run ads on the content you create. You can literally generate revenue for a platform from like premium subscriptions, paid subscriptions, whatever it is. So this whole creator economy it, is booming in a time when, you know, people were not moving in their jobs, but now it's, it's kind of spiking again and people moving on to do these kind of interesting things. And it's starting to legitimize this creator career choice for, for young people because they admire influencers and they, they want that sort of lifestyle. Now, now the problem is, and I'm, I'm sure you agree with this, that it, it's no one, not everyone can be an influencer. So you've got that emerging, I don't know, like sort of creator middle class coming to fore with all these different tools yep. and wonderful revenue opportunities coming around there. So for universities, um, it, there's also a couple opportunities here, right? So the first one is, you know, the media these people are consuming, um, it is influencer related. So it's worth exploring it in your marketing at that sort of level one integration with this sort of thing, yeah? Um, but secondly, oh my God, this is such an opportunity for education in this space and teaching like young people, sharing insight on how to run their own content business. But there's no, I can't find a university that's providing um, an angle like that. And just, mm. you know, you think about it, all the like creative facilities on a campus that these people can take advantage of. Maybe it's a degree where the university charges less fees for a stake in the creator business that's created at, at the campus or whatever it is. I don't know, but there's definitely something there because there is a demand for it. And I, I don't know about you, Nave, but I just think it's it's such a time. There's, there's so much change and there's so much opportunity right now. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe naively, I kind of think art school. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I did design-related education and I had a fantastic tutor in, in my final years. And he said that he was trying to prepare people for jobs that didn't exist, exist yeah. yet. Uh, and it's that sort of attitude. I guess what you're saying is you want to see uh, greater proliferation of um, throughout the sector. I do. Um, and, you know, there's companies like Meta understanding that creators are their, their new lifeblood and, you know, Meta's investing in bricks and mortar properties. We don't know why yet, but I imagine it's to give creators a space to create content for their platforms. You know, and, and, yeah, it, it, there's, there's opportunity. Uh, and that kind of neatly moves us on to to our next big news story. I think uh, the latter half of twenty twenty one, 
meta and the metaverse, right? Yeah. So Mark Zuckerberg back at it again. Uh, we always seem to end up talking about this guy at some point. Um, but I, I know you're you're big into the metaverse, Kyle. Well, I, funnily enough, you should mention that because I, I did a presentation for for Unibody the other day and yeah. a company we share. Um, or who am I? Um, like we give introductions to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I, I touched on the idea of like I, I was asked where I came from, and I, I can't really answer that because I've moved around so much. Um, and the only place I've lived for a long period of time is a little village, like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. As a child. Um, you know, that's kind of not where you want to be, is it? Um, yeah. So I spent a lot of time in video games, you know, thousands of hours over my lifetime, I guess. But, you know, I've been living in the metaverse since the 90s, it feels like. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't, a, big, this isn't a big leap for me. Um, and that's what we should all feel. You know, we, we dive into films, we dive into lore, we read around things. This is all mm. kind of meta-like experiences, isn't it? But it, interestingly, though, I mean, what, what Mark Zuckerberg's done I admire him for it. You know, I don't like the guy personally. <laughs> but, and what the company represents, I don't know him personally, obviously. Um, but, <laughs> I wish I did. Um, but it, it, he's he's done something quite incredible, right? I, I think this is the first ever example of like a multi-billion-dollar company pivoting and, and abandoning its kind of advantage in a market to pursue something new, right? So it's it's realigning itself it's it's not a rebrand you know it's a complete reposition of what it is and what he wants to achieve and he's seen an opportunity he knows there's going to be growth in it and i think it's really smart where we disagree me and mark um it is is the idea of how he's going to go about it because he's going to create try and create like a, a walled garden metaverse where everyone has to plug in mm. this kind of connectivity to use it and there's the metaverse is around a lot longer. There's lots of really innovative stuff happening in the space, and it's it's more of an open metaverse. And the idea around the open metaverse is that everything you kind of own in one part of it is movable to another part, like digital assets, NFTs. Um, but before we go down that rabbit hole, because it's it's quite a deep one, um, there are universities working in this space, and I just happened to come across this this university. It's in Cyprus, and it's called the University of Narcosa. Um, and they have literally got a whole department of wing or whatever you we want to call it dedicated to this stuff. And, and this university was, um, uh, one of the university, well, I think the only university running a Bitcoin course in 2013. So I imagine their reserves are looking quite healthy by now. Yeah. Um, so but it's amazing. So they've got this open metaverse initiative. Um, and it's looking at ways they can um, nurture startup um, web free companies, people working on NFTs, crypto to create products, open metaverse, all that sort of stuff. Um, and they're using looking at how they can use NFTs to create experiences on campus. You know, they're not just getting research funding in here, they're, they're integrating it with a business and their yeah. Twitter is really good. Um, yeah. they're, they're actually integrated with the communities that they're looking to serve. And it's a really good example of social media, actually. And if, you, if you can, if you search for their, their Twitter account, you'll, you'll see that they actually engage with people working in the, the crypto web free space and they are welcomed into that space because they mm. pitch themselves in that idea. So, you know, in terms of promoting what they do, they, they've done a fantastic job at their uh, job there at, at niche uh, level. 
Um, I don't want to go too far down this uh, NFT route now. Try to keep. Well, we're, we're we're going further. We're going further. We're we're going, into we are NF- we? <laughs> in, in, into NFT land. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a group of universities kind of banding yeah. together around NFT. I mean, look, I think for a lot of people, kind of myself included, there's still a lot of question marks around NFTs. Mm. Like, what does it? I was listening to a podcast just the other day, and people were like, I'm scared. I, I I feel like I should know what an NFT is, and I don't know what an NFT is. But yeah. and there's a like like with the metaverse there's a lot of experimentation going on with nfts at the moment but this project is particularly interesting because it is a group of universities albeit in the states again yeah. um, but a universe uh, a group of universities and they're doing something so carl what are they doing yeah so i came across these probably about three months ago now and there was like two unis involved and i checked back in and now there's like nine so it, <laughs> there's something happening here so they're using nfts as a way to capture iconic sporting moments so as you know in 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 the us like sport is is absolutely massive um Mm -hmm. and often like pro athletes start at at university level so i think the idea behind it is that this initiative is looking to kind of capture those key moments of when these Mm. these people are you know in their 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 youth and and then create those moments but hopefully build like value over time but it's also a chance for the people who follow these communities and heavily involved in it to own a piece of that um and i quite like it really because you know these nfts aren't just kind of like the the jpeg is the representation isn't it the the jpeg itself isn't the nft the nft Mm. certificate of ownership so it's like owning a certificate for a piece of art you know the certificate doesn't have the art on it it actually says you own it um but i like what they've done with the utility in these so they're also thinking in addition to owning the, like the moment if you like it's about having access to stuff so the nft acts as a passport to additional perks and value um which is what the most successful projects are doing i'm not interested in like you know 95 percent of the projects that just have a, a digital literally just a piece of digital artwork saying you own it i'm interested in what that that gets you in terms of cultural status and access to certain certain things um so yeah again it's 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 a kind of new pioneering grounds but it's it's worth looking at even if it's just for a pr opportunity if you're not thinking long term there's a lot of talk around this at the moment and if you get it right and it's something people find value in um then it's definitely worth pursuing and i think well, Nathan, I, yeah go ahead. yeah i mean and you took you know talk about cultural moments and again that that's been happening recently yeah. this this nft craze if you like it's not restricted to to just tech huddles mm-hmm. um uh, uh, or even university experimentation disney disney are in on this and as part of disney day they released a series of nfts and god if you're on tiktok you, you wouldn't have had to go, go far to see people mashing their phones to try and get hold of one of these they were selling for for some ludicrous prices and obviously they sold out within minutes and stuff so you know, my kind of thing to universities here is if if Disney if Disney is showing interest in this, you should be you should be trying to understand what's going on here, uh, even if it is just getting that base level of understanding, um, because something something here is changing, um, and something new is happening. Yeah, one hundred percent, and that's my advice to people as well. Like you don't you don't have to be you know, go, go all in and all that sort of thing. You, you just need to play 
pick it up and, and play with it. You know, the, the, I think most brands are now experimenting with like l- large brands like Adidas, Budweiser. They're experimenting with these Web3, like Metaverse NFT experiences for, for customers. Um, it's worth having a quick Google, seeing what they're doing, um, and then trying to just use those same digital tools. It's, it, I think right now, Web3 needs another layer on top of it. It's it's like the internet was in like 1995. Yeah. It's not easy to use or kind of pick up and play with. But interestingly, there's more people involved in Web3 now than there was in the internet in 2000, in 1995. So yeah. it, there's, there's a legitimacy around here. This isn't something that's happening on the fringes. It's, you know, it's already, I mean, universities are always experimenting with it. It's, it's at the door. You know, it arrives sooner than I expected. Um, Yeah. So my advice is to read, learn, try things. All right. Well, I hope uh, I hope people enjoyed some of those examples. We're now going to move on to uh, we're going to try and predict some award winners for 2022. Over here in the UK, for anybody joining us outside, there's a there's a big award ceremony uh, here in the UK called the Heist Awards. It's kind of like the Oscars, but for for HE. And um, what we're what we're looking at here is we've kind of looked at a few of their categories and thought, you know, who should who should be applying for an award or yeah. who's worthy of winning an award. And we've not we've not taken all of the categories, um, but just some of the ones that we think, yeah, you know, they they should have a really good crack at, at this next year. So um, let's let's start with some of our award predictions, Kyle. Now yours is first. Um, and you were given the task of predicting best website. Kyle, over to you. I mean, this, I've, I've had a lot of exposure to university to websites. I mean, I used to do uh, the, I used to head up the team managing NTUs. Um, so we'd always look for universities for inspiration and what we could learn from them. And one that kept uh, coming up for us was the University of Law. Um, and I think the, the, the reason I, I, I used to love this, this website is how everything's just it just it just flows doesn't it everything's really thought out it's it's based on component design you know that there's a lot of design thinking gone into this um, as well as content design um i really like how they they pull out their events as like a, a stream it's always on you know they're not kind of just directing people to one single digital event um you know a few question marks around the video playing at the top I'm not always a fan of that um but the the site feels best way is it's tight the user journeys are thought out the CTAs if they're there they're actually relevant to the time uh, and relevant to the content that they're on it doesn't doesn't feel confusing it doesn't feel overwhelming it feels like it's holding my hand through the journey and it doesn't get in my way when I want to do something so very strong example I think and I think a lot of people can, can learn from it well there you go if the if the university of law are here then uh, they should definitely be yeah, getting their award yeah. submission together. <laughs> the uh, the next award that we are looking to predict is best brand slash reputation campaign. And um, I, I've predicted this one. I think that this one should go to Birmingham City University, uh, in particular for their BCU-inspired campaign. Um I was actually like this one, didn't we? Yeah, it's so so cool. I mean, the picture on the right here is of a student's piece of work that they put up around the city. One on its own is is a you know it's a still a big thing, but actually they did this with loads of students' work. They put all of their creative graduate uh, work 
up around the city. And what an amazing kind of great piece of student pride uh, that this is. I mean, absolutely. I would I would have killed for this when I was at university, for the, for the university to stand behind me and go, yeah, you, you're ready. You know, I just thought this was awesome. And I really, really, really hope that BCU submit this for an award next year. Yeah, I think it keys into a lot of stuff around um, highlighting student communities as well. And, you know, a lot of peer-to-peer sort of ambassador-related work is all about giving these students like a platform to so they can actually talk about the brand and attract others to it and you know taking that example and really celebrating graduates it kind of captures that all-time high moment of a university experience doesn't it you know you you, you graduate you've got your thing you're happy and then you see yourself on a, on a billboard <clears> and I, I, I like that it's, it's a good way to use university resources and it's a great advert as well so it's not like it's oh, yeah. one or the other it's 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 very powerful yeah, yeah, really, really, really nice. I, I, I was really inspired by that one. Ha, pun, pun not intended. <laughs> um, next up, Kyle, why don't you walk us through who is going to win Best Prospectus? Uh, yeah, so, I, you know, it's no, it's no secret to everyone that I, I really like print. Um, I, I really like how print's been redefined, the people who think in prospectuses to appear um in, in different sort of forms niche throughout the journey but one that really stood out for me this year and i think i like it because it mixes cause marketing with actual with, with innovation and trying something different and it's university of gloucestershire so university of gloucestershire they haven't got a print prospectus um and i'll be the first to admit i'm always really skeptical when people try and take a print publication like a prospectus and make it digital because isn't that just a website you know <laughs> my kind of go-to sort of reaction but i've looked at this a couple of times i've seen it improve over time as well it's got a really interesting use of ux it, it really thinks about what a new sort of modern prospectus could be and um, when it advances to mean digital you can actually see how people are using it so it's got the added added layer of um utility that perhaps a print one doesn't so i think it's a really strong example um and i think in terms of the cause marketing the, the reason it is this is because you know university of gloucestershire wants to be that the, the number one green university and tap into that sort of like gen z love for that that sort of area because that does resonate with a lot of people in that generation so i think it's very smart I think it's fought out, you know, and I, I do think it deserves a little bit of love for um, for what it's been doing. What do you think, though? Well, full disclosure, Smile were lucky enough to be involved in this digital prospectus project. And it's something that we're so, so proud of. Um, and, yeah, I, I I do think it's worthy of an award. I think that it's um, I think it's pretty cool. And I really hope that the University of Gloucestershire takes this into the award season um uh, and it's just it's it's incredible to see something like this come to life it feels the right time it feels mature mm. um it's great to see some of the statistics i mean if people are interested you can you can definitely take a look at some of our case study stuff over on wearesmile.com about the prospectus we spoke about it at the unibuddy global conference recently um and just got some great great feedback and um yeah i'm i'm excited to see what other universities do in this trend now definitely yeah. 
you, you've properly converted me or um <laughs> i will that's a digital perspectives from now on yeah really really good stuff all right next up so we're going to go for best undergraduate student recruitment campaign uh this one feels a little bit similar to real high level execution from university of oregon that we saw earlier mm. kyle who has won this one in our eyes it's um it's dmu so I, I ran a piece a couple of weeks back now i think it was um uh, dmu have just uh, they just know how to do a big budget ad um and they are lucky to be in that position i guess to have that sort of budget um but every time i see something that comes out of the university especially you know something like this like a hero positioning piece um they always push it and they push and put and they produce they produce high quality stuff mm. they also have a million views on youtube so they clearly support <laughs> them in terms of getting the ad out there but just look at it you know it's it, it's it's great you know the, the the cinematography is fantastic like the the beats fantastic the soundtrack um like the the pacing and how it for me when i first started watching it i actually thought it was going to be like a, a recruitment ad for the army it was similar in that sort of vein and i think the army ran a campaign a couple of years ago that really focused on, on very similar sort of mood as what this this had mm. And I guess because it's a recruitment ad, isn't it? I guess that's the, the sort of thinking behind it, perhaps. But it just felt strong. Um, and, you know, I, I will say, I, will, I do see it a lot. Um, <laughs> it follows me around. Um, and and uh, my, my my kids get a bit agitated every time it, it, it interrupts his YouTube watching. <laughs> um, so I think he's getting a bit sad. I'm not sure he's going to be a DMU fan in the future. But I think it's great. You know, and... and it's a good example of how uni can go full tilt, produce like a cinema quality ads and yeah. put a lot of budget behind it to get it seen. It's it's great. It's a really good example. Nice, nice. And uh, so we'll move to our final award prediction of the day before we wrap up. And that is for alumni. So, Kyle, who's taking the win for this? Yeah, I'm always really interested to see what alumni teams at uni are doing because um, it's really difficult to re-engage with um, students once they're out of that experience. I think we all like to think that people want to be part of the alumni community or feel part of the alumni community, but the reality is that the community element isn't owned by uni, it's owned by the friendship groups that you make mm. there. That said, um, Hyper Islands, I love Hyper Islands, um, and I don't know if they'd ever you know, consider entering for a award because it's not it's not typically how they how they they do business, or maybe they don't see themselves that way. But mm. I always go to these people to see what they're they're doing with their you know their, their education offer, and they've done some great stuff with alumni, right? So they've got a newsletter. Um, it's written by alumni, but anyone can sign up to it. So I've signed up to it, and I'm getting news about what's happening in digital media, web free, and it's it, it's making me think well, you know, maybe I might go and do a, a short course at Hyper Island because they seem to know <laughs> what they're, they're talking about. Um, and it's their alumni driving that content. So if you think about revenue streams and, and connecting like your alumni activity to, to, to that sort of thing, then you, you, that's a good thing to think about. Can you use the expertise of your alumni and position your university in a certain way, create a, a media property or a content property that yeah. convinces people like me that, hey, I want to go and go and study in that place. Um, and they're also, they've got the usual perks on their website. 
like what you get as an alumni but it's it's that sort of content program that really stood out for me i haven't seen anything like that at any other uni i've seen digital magazines digital properties that um are targeting the alumni community but not actually using the alumni community to bring in new bloods and, and new revenue into uh, the university so standout stuff there um and I'll, I'll be really interested to see where they take that program because it's quite early days at the moment but I'd, I'd i'd love to see hyper island get involved in the kind of traditional mm. university award scene you know, hyper island is something that i think universities talk about a lot you know we yeah. talk about competitor institutions all the time why not why not give the <laughs> Why not give traditional universities a bit of a run for their money? I think they're doing some great stuff. And, um, yeah, so if, if Hyper Island are watching, give it give it a think. Give it a think, for sure. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, all right, cool. Well, and that, that pretty much wraps up um, what we're talking about today. I think if you have enjoyed today's session, um, you should definitely check out Most Clicked. Like I said earlier, Kyle, myself, we're joined by Matt from Smile as well. Um, and we we do stuff like this every two weeks. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a really bite-sized stream, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and yeah, if you're interested, you can find out more at wearesmile.com forward slash most clicked. Now, if you do want to get involved, one of the best things that you can do is, is click that like button. Know, it would really help us. We're now also open uh, to um, sponsorships. If you are from a, a vendor that wants to align yourself with the HE community, do consider uh, taking a look at our sponsorship opportunities. And of course, share today's webinar far and wide with, uh, with your friends. So that does that, that, that is all we've got time for today. Thanks for tuning in. If you have enjoyed the show, do hit that like button. We have a roundup available at wearesmile.com. It should be available right now. It includes all of the links, the slides, a copy of this video. Share it far and wide. We'll be back in the new year with more video content. Watch out for my What Happened at Smile in 2021 blog post next week. But for now, wishing you a peaceful end to your year, a prosperous 2022 from everyone here at Smile. See you next time.